Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. Friend, if you're anything like me, you didn't choose your spiritual awakening. It chose you. In 2015, I started hearing from my dad a month before I was told he had passed away. I worked with world-renowned healers to develop my gifts and piece together what was happening within me as I awakened spiritually. If you're listening to this podcast, friend, it's because your angels and loved ones in heaven led you here because you're awakening too. Now, as much as your egoic mind would like it to be all over quickly, awakening spiritually, it isn't an event. You cannot go to one course or event and expect to know all there is to know about your spiritual health. And friend, that's what this all boils down to. To awaken spiritually is to become spiritually healthy. Your spiritual health is just as important as your physical health and emotional health. In fact, your spiritual health is the foundation on which everything else in your life is built upon. Your purpose in this life, your relationships, communicating with the other side, the energy in which you move through each day with ease and joy, your outlook on life. It's all built upon your spiritual health. And if your spiritual health is wobbly, everything else in your life can feel wobbly too. To become spiritually healthy requires an investment of your time and energy. Just like your physical health requires your time to eat healthy and move your body, and your emotional health requires your time to meet with a counselor regularly, Your spiritual health requires a little bit of your time every day to learn skills and foundational principles that lead you to build a new world for yourself, a life filled with joy and peace, a life where you clearly understand why your soul is here and what you need to do to fulfill your purpose in this lifetime. And a life where you step into your power as a creator with confidence to manifest the relationships, abundance, freedom, and life that aligns with your soul. Now, you can absolutely spend years like I did trying to piece everything together by yourself. Or you can invest in your spiritual health by joining my angel membership program in which I've channeled 12 courses from the angels that walk you through every facet of your spiritual awakening. In 2022, my angel membership is focused on building community by connecting you with other women who want to talk about angels, signs, and communicating with the other side. A community of women who could become your lifelong friends. In addition, each month in 2022, there will be a new live workshop, two small group meetings, and a live healing circle. Friend, I want to help you step into your power as the soul God sent you here to be. But I can't help you unless I'm coaching you. And I can't coach you unless you're in my angel membership program. 
If you'd like to learn more, message me on Instagram or book a free call to get all of your questions answered. Book your call on my website, theangelmedium.com, under the Angel Membership tab. When you register for the Angel Membership this month, I'll enter you into a drawing to win a free session with me. And I should mention that right now, being an annual Angel member is the only thing that guarantees you the ability to book a paid session with me. Friends, this next year is going to be your best year yet. And I'm so excited for all the good that is coming your way. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast to hear how you can get the Angel Membership for just $800 for the entire year and a new meditation connecting you with messages from your loved ones in heaven. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and today we're here with Michelle. Michelle has three beautiful angel stories to share with us. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Good morning. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, good. Where are you calling from? I'm in New York. Oh, awesome. The last person I just spoke to was from New York, too. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, it's like a New York day. Um, I wanted to have you take it away and share your first angel story. You got it. I have it on my phone just in case I lose track of it. Um, So my first story, this one I remember very clearly because it started when I was very young. Um, My sister and I were playing in the living room and we had a balloon those with helium that go up to the ceiling, but we were playing with it. So it didn't go into the far away into the ceiling. I could reach it. And then in one of those moments, um, the living room is like dome shaped. So it ended up going to the far corner to this um, couch. And next to it was like a love seat. So it, we let it go and it reached the ceiling and my sister I didn't want to get on the couch. I felt lazy. I was like nine years old. I was like, you could go get it. You're my sister, you know? So then I, I like, she goes like, can you go get it? And I was like, no, you, you go get it. And then before she moves, I suddenly get in, I see my uncle sitting in front of me. Now, mind you, there was nobody in the living room with us. And my uncle's been dead at that time by like eight or nine years. And I don't remember meeting him because he died when I was one year old. So I was like, oh, this is very creepy. <laughs> what do I do? And I didn't feel scared. I was very just shocked. I was like, I've never seen him alive. Like, what, what is this? And he tells me in Spanish, you know what's going to happen. You should go get it. So before that happened, because it was very quick, I got an image of my sister getting the balloon and her slipping off the love seat because it, it rocked back and forth and she fell on her head. And I was like, that's such a weird image. It's so, I don't like that image. I'm not going to pay attention to it. But as soon as that happened, my uncle appeared and he was like, you know what's going to happen. Sorry to get off. By the time he said that, my sister was already climbing the couch and I screamed so loud. I was like, get off the couch. Don't touch anything. Move. And then I got on the couch and got it. And then I thought I was like, am I seeing things? This just happened to me. And then later on, a little bit later, I tell my sister, did you did you see anything that was weird? And she was like, yeah, wasn't he sitting right there? Did he just tell you not to tell me to get on the couch? And I was like, okay. This is good. We're not, we're not crazy. We're just, we both saw it. And as I was sending the angel story, I'm telling her about the story. And she's like, I still get the creeps. It was so intense how that happened. I'm like, you still remember? And she's like, yeah, I still remember. Tell this day very clear. 
That is incredible. Um, so she saw it too. Like that's mm-hmm. the most amazing thing because I've heard a lot of stories like this, but I've never heard of one where the other person sees it too. Me either. That's why I was like, I'm so thankful you saw it because <laughs> I would have been like, it's just me. I'm, I'm seeing things. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Okay. I'm going to keep going and I'm writing down some notes and we'll, we'll chat at the end. The next one is from a friend that I had uh, for many years, but just, you know, as life went on, we don't talk anymore. But um, when we were, this was in high school, it must've been like um, maybe 17, 16. So she had moved out of her parents' house. It was just the best decision for her. So she was living in a one bedroom apartment and I consider myself one of her good friends, but there was always another crowd that she hung out with that I didn't hang out with them because I didn't really vibe with them. And she knew this. So we don't, we, every time we hung out, we would only hang out by ourselves. So by the time she had moved out, she had a boyfriend. Now the, the boyfriend was affiliated with a gang and I didn't notice until later on. But then she started telling me, you know, he takes my car. He doesn't come back until like three days later. And I was like, that's a little weird. And my dad's always prepped me since I was little. Like, these are the signs. These are red flags for people, you know. So I'd be like, that's a red flag. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, he's nice to me. So I was like, okay. So then eventually she started getting tired of this. And she was like, you know, I, I think I want to leave him. And I was like, I'll support you. It's, it's very hard if someone's in a position like that. And she was like, yeah, but, you know, he's like already threatened me and said that if I leave, he's going to threaten me and my family. So I got very scared. So when we were having this conversation about how she should leave him. Um, and she was telling me about him still taking her car. I told her, I don't know why she was in the driver's seat and I was in the passenger seat. And I just got this image, like a, like a mini movie in my head of, of them arguing in the car, in the parking lot. And she's in the passenger seat. He's on the driver's seat. And then they both get out. They continue arguing and then they switch places. So now she's in the driver's side of the car and he's in the passenger seat. I don't know what the argument's about, but suddenly he pulls out a gun on her and she goes in the car and locks the doors and drives away as he tries to shoot at her. I I got goosebumps right now, but I was like, I don't know why I got this image. By this time, she knew me since I was nine. So she knew some things like this would happen. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to tell you this because it might be a warning. I really don't want it to happen. I really, really hope you listen to me and, you know, try to get away from this person. And I told her that and we both went on with our day. So like a week later, when I finally hear from her, she's like, hey, can you come to my house? I just want to talk to you. It's like, okay. I'm like, so how are you doing? How's this person? She's like, you're not going to believe what happened. I heard your words in my head. And I say so many things. I was like, what did you hear? (laughs) So she was like, no, I heard you, what you told me with that image. I was like, no way. Don't not tell me that he tried to shoot you. She's like, exactly how it happened. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. How are you? Like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, we got, we we were driving in from back from somewhere. And then we started arguing in the car. And as soon as we started arguing, I remembered what you told me. And I actively kept arguing with him and switching positions. And then I got on the driver's seat. And then I said that I just didn't want to be with him anymore. And he, she got in the car, locked all the doors and drove away as he did try to shoot at her. And then after that, I think they officially broke up. But I was like, girl, <laughs> you don't need to be in those type of situations. Oh, my God. I and, and other things did did happen with her where I would um she was she would go through some things and I would tell her or I have dreams and I would give her warnings but um it was very draining for me because I felt like 
I, I would be able to help her, but I invested myself too much, which is why I was like, you know, for now we just distance each other because it was too many situations, not necessarily like that, but intense like that, that happened with her that I was like, if I'm meant to continue helping you, we'll cross paths again. But for my own health, you know, we have to individually grow. Uh, there's a ton coming through. I want you to keep going into your next sto- story, but I'm excited sure. because there's something new coming in that we haven't ever talked about on the podcast before. So, Ooh. yes, <laughs> yes. So I'm going to have you keep going and tell your third story. Okay. I'm excited about this one. <laughs> um, it's my grandpa. I love my grandpa. Well, both of my grandpas are fascinated. I love both of you. Guys. Um, but my grandpa on my dad's side, he was always such a great guy. So he would always travel from New York back to Ecuador. We're Ecuadorian. So he would travel back and forth. And finally, um, when he wanted to come back and just live with us, we were like, okay, grandpa, you know, you come live with us. And now we have space for you because we had to move. Um, and that must have been around, yeah, around April. And then finally, we were able to get into our apartment by like July. So April and June, he was doing fine. My mom was trying to take him to the doctor's appointments to see what was going on with him while we were waiting back for results. And he seemed fine. When we went to pick him up at the airport, he seemed a little more down. But it had been a, like a year or two since we last saw him. So I can, uh, you know, he gets older. He has more pains. That's what I thought. So about a month um, let's say now about two months when he's moved in with us, every time I would uh, pass by him, I get the feeling that I had to hug him. I had the urge to hug him. I'm not a hugger. I, I like, if I feel it, if I really feel it, I like to do things genuinely. So I have to feel it for me to hug you, give you affection. My sister hugs everyone. She, she's like love for all. <laughs> but for me, it's a little different. But I was like, I have to hug him. And I was like, this is such a different emotion for me. So I didn't do it because I was like, this is, this is not me. So um, then every time I would... He would tell me, you know, hey, um, I got some stuff in the room. Can you go clear it out? Or like um, whatever he would use to go to the bathroom. Hey, can you clean that out for me? And sometimes I'd be tired because we also lived with my uncles and they were very, in their own way, very heavy energy people to say toxic, unfortunately. And I would come home stressed to this energy. And then my grandpa was like light and love. But I was like, you know what? Just don't focus on that. Focus on the grandpa. Doesn't matter how tired I am. So I would do him those favors. But whenever I had that thought of, oh, but I'm tired right now, I'll do it later. I would hear a voice tell me, and this is when it's like a month before he passed. Um, he, they would say, you know, you should help him because you don't know how long he's going to be with you. And I was like, whoa. And this would happen while I'm in the middle of the living room. Everyone's watching TV. And I'd just be like, no, I just heard it. Oh, I just heard that. Only me. Okay. I was like, no, no, I don't want this to be true. Because by this time, I had accepted that I could communicate this way with my guides or spirit and and I was like okay but this is not what I want to know because um that same friend that I was talking before she had a miscarriage and I knew when she had the miscarriage and I was like I don't I don't think I'm ready to receive energy like that again to tell me when someone is moving on and I was like so to get this energy again to tell me about my own grandpa I was like oh no I'm not accepting this <laughs> so I didn't listen to it, but every time he would ask me something for a favor he'd be like Hey, can you do this? And I'm like, okay, give me a minute. And be like, no, do it now because you don't know how long he's going. And I was like, I don't want to hear this. So then two weeks later, um, let's say this was in June. Yes, June, July, I believe. Double check. Uh, yeah, it's within the month that he um, passed. He, two weeks later, uh, he ends up being feeling sick and he didn't want to eat. And my mom started getting really worried and he didn't want to go to the hospital. 
because he kept us saying, go to the hospital, I'm never coming out. And we all were like, no, you're they're going to help you get better. But I felt like he knew, but I didn't say anything to anyone because my mom was very close. Imagine your child telling you that your parent, you don't, you don't want that. So I was like, I, I can't say anything to anyone. So when the first week when he was in the hospital, they were doing his tests, they were giving him um, blood transfusions. I told my, the first week I was hopeful. And then after this, the first week, the messages started to be different. I started hearing, I'm going to say it's his family members on the other side. And they were like, hey, just make sure you're there for your mom. Prepare everything for the funeral. Prepare for people to fly because you know where he wants to be buried. And I was like, oh, I'm not, no, no. So I try to play loud music. I try to clean the bathroom, scrub it really hard, anything. And I'm like, I, why am I getting this? And it got to a point where I was very stressed. And it was the beginning of the second week. And I told my sister, second week of him being in the hospital. And I told my sister what I had been listening to and hearing. And she was like, why are you saying such things? Why are you bringing the energy in here? Don't do that. I'm like, this is not me. Why can't you just, I need someone to tell this to. And I can't tell my mother or my father or my uncles. So I'm like, who else am I supposed to tell? Everyone, all his, um, my mom's sisters, they're all very close. I can't, it was, I just felt very stuck. I'm like, you're my sister. You, I, I just want you to listen to me. And it was very hard for her because she loves him too. So I, I kind of understood that. I was just like, I just want someone to listen to me. So uh, as the second week progressed, we all, the doctor said, you know, you should all come to the hospital, spend time with him. So we were all kind of, now, now everybody had a feeling because the doctor had said, you know, come to the hospital, everyone be together. So during the hospital, while we were there, my aunt and I, we, our family took turns. So it was my uh, youngest aunt and me, and we were sitting there and I would hold my grandpa's hand and I would tell him about the movie that we didn't get to finish. <laughs> um, and I was telling him how it ended and I'd like through the tears and just being happy. Now, and by this time he was already intubated and every, every couple minutes he would wake up and be like, I want this off. And I'd be like, hey, it's, it's okay. Just be calm. And I knew that the biggest attachment was my mom's attachment to him, but it wasn't for me to tell him, hey, you, you're okay, you need to let go if you feel to. I only told that to my mom as when I, when I knew it was getting closer. Um, but that day when I was holding his hand, I had I fallen asleep. So it was now it was around the time when it was time to switch shifts. So my aunt and my mom were supposed to go and spend time with him. And my sister, my dad and I were heading home. And as we're heading home, I get an image of him holding my hand, like very, very warmly, tightly, and almost saying like, thank you, like I heard you. And I was like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, you're leaving now. Like you're leaving tonight. I was like, oh my God. So I didn't say any, I told my dad, but I only told him, hey, he's like, he, he's holding my hand like, like he knows. And my sister was like, oh, I, like, you know, they all cut, they, we all knew what I meant, but nobody said anything. And then when I woke up the next day, he had already passed. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so I, I, it's very emotional because of I saw the hurt that everyone went through. But to me, what makes this story really, really bright is because, let's say, uh, it's been like three years now. And my mom started dreaming with him later, then my sister, then my other aunt. And I would always joke around with him and be like, Grandpa, you know that I see these things. And he was, he would be like, oh, you're a witch. But just to tease me, I'm like, I'm not a witch. I just see things. And I'd be like, when you, when you pass on, I'm going to see you. And you have to come visit me because you know that I see these things. And you're going to say that I'm right. And everyone else saw him. And I didn't. And I would talk to him and be like, Grandpa, you know that I could see you. Why aren't you coming to visit me? <laughs> so 
then eventually I did get a dream with him. And in this dream, I totally forgot that he had passed. I was like, he was in a green field and I'm saying, hey, I'm like, oh my God, grandpa. And I went up to him and I was like, oh my God, wait, wait a minute, why are you here? Aren't you dead? And he just like smiled at me. And I was like, oh my God, wait, I can give you a hug. And I gave him a big hug. And I was like, oh my God, I finally got my hug. And then I woke up, I was like, you guys, I got my hug. <laughs> so I feel like that's a very awesome story. I, I love my grandpa, he's such an awesome person. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Well, this entire time I've just been in chills and they have been bringing through so many downloads of information. You know, when <laughs> I got sick with my voice, I and I, I, I started to tell this story on the podcast and sometimes I get taken away like in a different direction and they have me talking and I forget to finish my original thought. And I think I did that earlier in September with one of the podcasts because I was telling people on here um, how I was so upset that I wasn't going to be getting to do my sessions because in my sessions, what I meant to say is I get so much information. Like it's fun for me to be in my sessions because still here so many years later after starting my career, I still get new things that come through all the time. And they're like these epiphanies, right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, how did I not see that before? This is what you mean. And this is what they were doing the entire time that you were talking. And what they've shown me since is that it doesn't just happen in my sessions. It happens here in the angel stories too. It happens when I'm connecting with people in small group or big groups for the angel membership because I meet with them once a week live in some way. And um, so they've been showing me how it's coming around in different ways too, not just in the sessions. Girl, there is a lot we have to dive into. And if you're <laughs> listening to this episode today, friends, it's on purpose, okay? There's somebody in your life that you need to hear this information for, or maybe you've had questions about this yourself and you need this information. So um, I want to preface with not all people have this gift. Okay. And I think that it really takes a lot of discernment and going inward to reflect because um, I've worked, I've gotten the privilege and the honor of getting to work with thousands and thousands of people now. And there are people who will email me or who will like call in or, or you know, try and get a hold of me in some way and say, you know, this thing was coming through and I had to tell my coworker this or that, or I had to tell somebody this or that. And I've not known how to handle premonitions before, but they have just brought through a whole download of information. The premonitions of the, the stories that you gave, what they had me write down at the very beginning, gift of premonition, which is what you have, gift of premonition. You see things before they happen. And when I say to people, spirit doesn't bring through anything negative, what they said is all of the premonitions that you had were for to get to a positive, was to still get to healing, right? When your uncle came through and said, do not let her climb on that couch, she's going to hit her head and that could be a lifelong injury. That was healing. 
because you did not let her do it. When you told your friend what was going to happen, it gave her the ammunition that she needed before it happened to not panic in that moment, but to have clarity so that she survived that situation. Oh, wow. Wow. That makes sense. I've always wondered. That makes so much sense. Wow. Your grandfather's passing was more for you to solidify <laughs> your gift and and also his higher self coming in, showing you in retrospect that he doesn't think of you as witchy whatsoever, <laughs> that he is oh, working with you 110%. Now, it's interesting oh. because I don't always see this combo, okay, on your spirit team. But as you were talking, um, you have a grandmother on the other side as well. Um, yeah. Okay, so she came forward first before anybody else, but then your grandfather that you were talking about came forward and he started showing me and he wouldn't let up on it. He showed me this four times that both Mary and Mary Magdalene are on your team. Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene are both on your team. But right next to them, as soon as he showed me this each four times, I said, okay, we'll just clarify. Buddha stepped forward. Okay. And so he said that you have this deep tie to um, Buddhism. I have never studied this, but he asks you to look up and research Buddhism and premonitions. Okay. Because there's some facet of information between those two pieces that he keeps saying that you need to understand. Okay. There's something there. Okay. Let me write this down so I don't forget. Yes. <laughs> and it'll be in your episode of the podcast if you ever want to come back to this. You got it. Um, Thank you. Yes. Okay. We have to go deeper though. Okay. Yeah. You have always had this gift of premonition. You mm-hmm. will always have this gift of premonition. It is who your soul is. So in the book that I just wrote, also called Angel. Congratulations, by the way. I'm very excited for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, The Seraphim Angels came in one day in one of my first sessions and they had me feel into the energy. They don't always have me turn a person over when I'm working with them in person. They had me flip this person over, work in their back, and I could feel wings. I could feel wings in their back. And they said it's a sign and symbol that the person that you're working with was tapped and asked to come here and help in this lifetime. Okay? That is your soul. I don't always feel it in everybody. I feel it in your energy. Those wings are there. I feel that because so many times my family like, you're always so angry at the world. I'm not angry. It just makes me so sad. We could be doing so much better. I'm like, when people say like old souls, I'm like, maybe I'm an old soul. But I'm like, why don't we just all strive to like, why can't, I don't know why everyone can't see it to mind. Like, just do good. Don't, if you're hurting others, you're hurting yourself. Even though life can, life will take you through tumbles and you, you will make decisions and it will be very, very hard. I'm like, we should just be better. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I, I resigned from this job. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hard. It is hard. Okay. We got to go deeper because there's so much more here. Your purpose in coming here is multifaceted, right? You can look at your purpose as a whole pie, and this is one slice of the pie. Okay. And this one slice is 
teaching other people about the gift of premonition because a lot of people will take it and run with it in a heavy way. And I'm not saying that you you haven't done this, but this is what I see a lot of times when people email in, that there has to be discernment between the message that's coming in and the healing place that we are supposed to take a person to. Like it was healing for your, your sister to not fall off that couch. It was healing for your friend to know that information in advance so that it helped bring clarity to the situation as she was going through it. We cannot, as a society, just be giving out willy-nilly messages to people that might be perceived as negative that take them to a heavy place, right? It has to be done with care. It has to be done um, the way that spirit wants us to. This is not my gift, right? This is not the gift that I work with on a daily basis. I cannot write a book about this because I don't have this gift, but you do. Okay. I can I ask you a question? Yeah. Very quick. Yeah. Um, this, this same friend, when I said about her miscarriage, I had a dream the day before I spoke with her. One of my friends was holding a baby and I, she told me, hey, can you, when I woke up, I couldn't figure out which friend in the dream had the baby, but I was like, one of them, I already had a baby. And it was just all of my, like my girlfriends. And I didn't know who, when I woke up, she texted me, Hey, can you come to my house? I got to talk to you. And when I got there, I was like, I have to tell you this dream first. Cause I think you need to hear this dream. And I told her the dream and she was like, Oh my God, how did you know? I was already like, I'm pregnant. And as she keeps talking to me and she's telling me how excited she is about this baby. I knew within me and I don't know why. I knew this, but I just knew within me that baby wasn't there anymore. And I didn't tell her anything. I was just like, you know, you should go to the doctor. You should really. And she was like, why are you pushing it so much? I was like, just because I'm worried. You just found out. It's the first month. That's what I said. But in my brain, I was shouting, girl, you have to go because I. it's not my place to tell you. But I, I always wondered, why did I know that? I didn't tell her that until two years later, two years after. She was like, why didn't you say anything? I'm like, because you would have said, you jinxed my child. You did something. I'm like, no, I just knew, but I couldn't tell you because. I was scared that you would reject me and I wasn't, it, I did it. It wasn't me. I didn't woke up with it. Today I want to tell, no, it was, oh, I know this. So when you say discernment, do, was it correct that I didn't tell her and I waited because. Yeah, that's okay. exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, because sometimes there is action to be taken and sometimes there's nothing that we can do. And the problem that. I have struggled with before with the gift of premonition and teaching other people about it is when you really feel into it and meditate on the energy of it, what immediately comes up is this, which comes first, the chicken or the egg scenario, because what people will often think about is if you foresee like that event with your, your friend, um, not the miscarriage, but with her boyfriend attacking her. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Did spirit bring through the message to you, the premonition of this happening so that she could be prepared for it? Or did the energy come in and it was manifested because she knew about it? Right. And what they showed me very, very clearly as you were talking, because I've never said this before. This is spirit calling this the gift of 
premonition. And I've never put it that way. Okay. Cause I get things about people's future all the time. Whenever I'm in a session, that's what spirit comes through. They're very clear. My gift is you're stuck in this area. This is the energy that you're in right now. Here's who's coming in on your spirit team to talk about it, but here's where they need you to go. But it's never like something that could be perceived as negative, right? And when I say negative, like falling off the couch would be negative or having the situation with your boyfriend would be a negative, but you're not talking about that. You did not create that energy. And that's what your entire spirit team, um, that's what Mother Mary really works with you on. And, and actually it clarifies a lot for me just working with them and you right now at the same time that you did not create this energy right? However, if everybody, what I'm trying to say is if everybody out there, because what they had me write down is this is a rare gift. If you had a thousand people, one to three people might have this gift. So everybody who's thinking to themselves, oh my God, well, I should tell this person I had this vision of them coming, like getting into a car accident, or maybe this person's going to get divorced or that we don't tell people that stuff. We don't tell them that they're going to have a miscarriage. We don't tell them these certain things because of that, which comes first, the chicken or the egg scenario, which is very, very fascinating because I just asked spirit, did Michelle telling her friend about her boyfriend's behavior in the future alter the outcome of that situation. And they said, yes. Oh my God. That she was able to have clarity and, and ease within her body, a sense of peace in order to work through it. And I asked your uncle, did you showing up and showing Michelle what was going to happen to her sister? Because that was a hard fall. And people don't really understand this. But when mm-hmm. you do this work and you you work with people who are in comas or have had major falls, you realize how one fall can change your entire life. And he mm-hmm. said that was a fall that was going to change your sister's entire life. And it didn't She was happen. going to hit her head. And it was going to be hard. You hit your head one time in the wrong space mm-hmm. and and it can mess up your body for life. And he said, I, I said, did that prevent that from happening? And he said, yes. So this clarifies a lot for me because which comes first, the chicken or the egg? When we say something to another person, does it affect the outcome? And what spirit is saying right here, right now in live time is yes. It does. And that's why it's so important that healers, like when I talk to my healers, I think what this is clarifying for me as well, too, is that just people with the gift of premonition who have really learned to fine tune this gift of premonition and learned how to discern. Yes, we talk about this. No, we don't talk about this so that we're not projecting more negative energy into the world. We're just using the gift to bring healing and to stop events that could occur that would be negative. That's the healing piece. That is a gift and that is supposed to be used. So let's bring this all together, pull it all together. Your soul came here with purpose those wings in your back mean that you were tapped and asked to come. You've always known 
the seraphim say that you would share your gift with the world. You did not know how it was going to come through. No. I, when I, sorry to interrupt you. When I was little, I was 18. I would see things. I would see like bodies, just like I'm seeing you, just a little bit like kind of Casper style, a little see-through. And by, at that time, I couldn't see faces. Now I see faces. But um, people would come to me and I didn't know what to do. And I, at one point, I was like, I understand. I don't know how I knew it. But I was like, I understand this is very heavy and very important. If I accept this, I, it's going to be uh, not hard, but it's going to be a learning process when I was 18. And I was like, I'm not ready for this right now. I want to live my life without this in between. So it's not like I rejected it. I just said, block it right now. I don't want to feel it because I was going through a lot. Give me two years. And I think it was on the dot two years later, they were like, hey, so we're here again. And I was like, all right, I'm feeling better now. All right, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to go through it 100%. I don't know what I'm doing, but we're going through it. So that that solidifies, like it gives me a verification because I always thought that I knew, but I was like, it's nice to hear someone else say, hey, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Well, and let's talk about this for everybody listening too. This isn't an easy gift to have. This isn't something that you raised your hand with your consciousness and it was like, God, send me to earth so that I can take upon all the negativity in the world and share with people so that it impacts their um, futures in a positive way. This is heavy for you. And just to your point, like before, when your grandfather was going through certain things and you told your sister and she didn't want to hear it because it was so negative or not negative because it was so heavy. Sorry. Clarification. It wasn't that it was negative. It was heavy for her. And she didn't have the shoulder width to handle it the way that you do because it is one of your gifts. It is one of your gifts. It's a huge gift. And here's what I want you to know. Um, What I see for you, because what Spirit is saying is that you haven't gone through any training, like any formal training for this before. Um, No. Yeah. I've thought about taking your class, but I'm waiting a little bit because of life. But I think I just seek it out individually, not formally. Okay. So I've never done this before. But I'm going to work with you because I know what's going on and I want you to be able to take this course. So let's talk offline because what I see you doing is going through the Angel Reiki School. I do see you working for my Angel Wellness Center and I do see you teaching courses on how to work with the gift of premonition. I'm going to kind of tell people it takes a while. And I think that you're probably going to need to train for about a year before you're able to teach other people about this um, and just start teaching people. Because when you're a teacher, what happens is you learn from teaching. Your Mm -hmm. students are your best teachers as a teacher because their questions help you understand where you need to meditate more with the angels and bring through more information to help clarify the missing pieces for them. Um, but this is the direction that I see you going and I see you, um, being an expert in the gift of premonition and teaching people how to work with that gift because it is so, so vitally important. You're going to make me cry. Thank you so much. Like, I feel like recently so many things have worked for me and I'm like, it's been so heavy. I'm, I'm an immigrant too. And I know everybody has a story, but it's been so heavy. It's like, oh my God, I'm finally seeing the light. <laughs> yes. 
No, no. I think that this is something where um, you're not just a healer who can work with premonitions. You're a healer who is working with all of the angels. And I want you to see that. And you're a healer who does have a lot to bring through about people's futures. Um, Not all of it is like, hey, watch out for this scenario type of thing. But that will come out because you know what they said? They had me write down, you can learn to bring through the messages and the premonitions um, in the sessions with people. So it's you've asked yourself and you've asked them, like, is this something that just comes through when you need me to bring a message through or could I do it kind of, I don't want to say like on demand, but kind of, you know, just like, can I turn it on like a light switch to be able to work with people in sessions. And they're absolutely saying 110%. Yes. Wow. Thank you. Yes. That's, that's amazing. The I, other th- I always wondered if I'm like, as long as I do it of service, it's not for me. Yeah. It took me a while to learn that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the other thing that they want you to understand. Just like I look at my life and I say, my husband is 110% the right person for me, but I look at everything in my life like a pie, right? And if you take that circle and you split it up into all these different slices, my husband cannot fill 100% of what I need. He cannot complete me, right? I have to get a piece from here, a piece from there, you know, um, I have to take responsibility to fill myself. And what's so hard and complex for healers as we're coming up, and this is what I experienced and why I've created a lot of the programs that I have, is because it's hard to talk to your family about it. They don't get it. It's hard to talk to your friends about it. They don't get it. Who gets it? Your colleagues, the other people who have gifts too and who know how or are working with the gifts at different levels, which is what makes the angel membership and the angel Reiki school so magical is because you're coming together and you have this community with other people who are like you, who have gifts, who can help share that heaviness so that you don't have to feel it all yourself and it can help share your curiosities, can help answer your questions, can be there for you and support you in a way that other people don't know how to because they're not on that same path. And that doesn't make them bad, our family and friends. It just means that we have to take responsibility for filling our own cup and getting that support from the people who can actually give it to us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And that's what your grandparents, uh, grandma and grandpa on the other side are really excited for you about because they said together in the right community with people around you who have these gifts too. Maybe not the same gift, but gifts. You're mm-hmm. going to make and develop really close friendships. And awesome. you're going to grow by just leaps and bounds as a healer. And they're really excited for you about that. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. I, I wonder, I, I'm so thankful for everything that you said and, and for you just to be willing to work with me. Yeah. Um, thank you. 
I was not expecting that at all. I was just like, let's share stories. So somebody out there feels the same way I did when I heard Julie's stories. Can I tell you something quick? Um, when I, like two years ago, I was in a very low point, just, just very, um, very heavy. I felt like I reached well with my rock bottom and I found your podcast and I found a couple others because I was like, I need, I knew, I felt pulled. I just didn't know where. And I would, I listened to the first three seconds of one of your episodes and I was like, she's too happy for me. I'm not at that level. And I couldn't <laughs> listen to it. And I, I kept on sorting through podcasts and sorting. And I would always go by yours. And I'm like, I can't delete it. Like, I, I, no, I can't delete it. So I would keep going. And then um, months passed. And one day I was like, I feel good today. And I, I saw your, your show come up and I was like, you know what? Let's listen today. And I was like, all right, she's still a little bit happy, but I'm happy. I want to be happy too. And then I've been listening to it. I binged it for like a year and a half. I'm up to date. And I was like, I, now I'm like, I love you. I'm like, have you heard Julie? You need to listen to Julie. Because <laughs> she explains it so well. And it's, uh, I don't know, you, you listening to your voice. And I know you know this, but listening to your voice and how you express it always calms me. It centers me. I'm like, okay, now I'm good. My morning drives are great. So yeah, thank you for that. Oh my goodness. Thank you. You're not the first person who said this. Um, a lot of people have said, you always have rainbows up your butt or like, are you always pooping rainbows or are you, uh, are you really this happy? And I have my bad days, right? But my job is to bring to you uplifting messages because if you want to feel low, you can go turn on the news or you can go flip, you know, here or there. But this is spirit's place to raise the vibration. And um, you know what? I've never done this before on the show where I'm like, no, this is where you need to be. And I can help you and I can bring you through um, to do this work. Um but I don't follow the rules on anything, marketing or, you know, just the way that I do the podcast. I follow spirit. And if spirit says, do this for this person or bring this person in, that's what I have to do because that's what they're asking me to do. And that's what every single person listening and you, Michelle, that's all you ever have to do is go within, tune in to oneness and through oneness, connect with that intuitive part of yourself and ask the questions and listen to those nuggets of information that come through because they're there for a reason. And not everybody has the gift of premonition to say, hey, get off the couch or watch out for this situation. But everybody does have intuition and everybody's intuition is connected to their spirit team, to God, their angels, their loved ones, their higher self. And they know, they know everything that's coming and they're trying to prepare you for it in some way. And so when you listen to them, you can go further, farther, faster, and this life can be more magical. Um, not that we never have our down days, always do, you know, um, you have moments of every day that are lows and highs, but it becomes more magical and just so fun to just follow what spirit has for us. That's true. I've, I've I've slowly uh, felt it. And I like the episode that you have with Sensei Alex Kukuyo or the sessions that you did with him. Those helped me a lot. I was like, that's it. You don't have to, you can't live in Zen all the time. You just have to go back and find it. Even if it's five minutes, I stepped outside and I breathed in the cool air and now I'm back inside. Just 
because it's a, a lot of energy from everyone and then a lot of energy from you. So I think that helps a lot. So anyone listening, if you're just having a heavy day or so many things are going on, even hide in your bathroom and just be like, okay, this moment for myself or I love my hair or I feel good or I'm proud of myself. I, I did half of what I did, but I did it. You know, like it's good. That's amazing. That's so amazing. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. Michelle, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited that I get to know you more and I do want to connect offline. I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, For anybody listening, um, it is, let's see, November 8th, 2021. But in 2022, what Spirit says that we're going to be focusing a lot on and Spirit is going to be asking everybody to make a priority within their life is spiritual practice. So what you were just talking about, Michelle, is um, you're right. You know, you do ebb and flow at first a lot through spiritual awakening, um, through the highs and the lows. But just like brushing your teeth every day keeps like healthy gums, healthy teeth, um, and showering every day gives us good hygiene. And we have all of these little routines that we do. Um, our spiritual health comes from our daily spiritual practice. And that is going to be one of the very biggest themes of 2022 is what is your spiritual practice? What is spiritual practice in general? And how do you incorporate it into your daily life? Unlike brushing your teeth, spiritual practice can look different. We can try this meditation and we can try a different, we can listen to podcasts. We can fill our cup in different ways, but that is something that we're going to be exploring a lot in 2022. And I encourage you to just all start thinking about it and marinating on what you want um, your spiritual practice to be in 2022. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Let's connect. Um, I have so enjoyed our time together. Me too. I'm so I'm literally so happy I found you and your podcast and you uplifted me. I'm just I'm very thankful for anything that you helped me with. Big or small, I'm just thankful. Thank you so much to oh. you and your team. Thank you for the platform as well. <laughs> Of course, of course. Everybody listening, you can watch us over on YouTube where we are live with a video um, or you can listen on the podcast, of course. Thank you so, so much for being here. Have a blessed day and open your hearts to all of those nuggets of information, the blessing, the gifts that your spirit team is bringing into you today, right here, right now. Bye, everybody. Friend, I'm going to explain to you how you can get the Angel Membership for only $800 for the entire year. But first, we have a few open slots in the upcoming Angel Reiki School for those who want to develop their ability to bring through messages from the other side. You can register for that on my website. Also, you can help support this podcast by purchasing my new book, also called Angels and Awakening. Leave a five-star positive review and I'll enter you into a drawing to win a free session with me. This month's winner is Jody H. Okay, so here's how you can get the angel membership for $800 for the whole year. When you refer two new people to register for the annual angel membership by February 2nd, I'm giving you an entire year of the angel membership for free, which saves you $1,200. 
That means three people receive an entire year of the angel membership for only $2,400. Here's where this gets fun. I know a few people who are splitting the savings with their friends so that each of the three people only pays $800 for the entire year of the angel membership. And if you break down the numbers, that's like only paying $67 a month, which is crazy. Now, a lot of people are going to ask me, Julie, can we have this offer but only pay monthly? The answer to that is no, because of the high administrative costs I incur when processing monthly transactions. But the exciting news is that when you pay for the entire year up front, you and two friends could have the entire year of the angel membership for only $800 each. When you do, you'll have immediate access to 11 previous courses, the new December 2021 course, Deepening Your Connection with Your Loved Ones in Heaven. The new January 2022 course of manifestation and co-creation. You'll also get new live events almost every week, including workshops, group healings, small events with me, in which I give a lot of mini readings, and annual members. They're the only people who have access to book a paid session with me in 2022. Okay, here's the fine print. To get this offer, you must sign up by February 2nd, 2022, and your two friends who sign up must be new to the Angel Membership Program. You can't just find two people who have already been in the Angel Membership. These have to be two new people who've never been in the program before. To get this deal, have your two friends buy the Angel Membership annual plan for $1,200 each on my website and make sure that they list your name as the referral. Then email us the full names of both of your friends at juliejancis at gmail.com to let us know they've signed up. And what we'll do is go in and set up your free account. Then you can pay your two friends $400 each so that they save two. Again, this does not apply to those who pay monthly. And if you've already paid for your 2022 membership in full, but find two people to sign up, email us and we'll refund you. Want more info? Visit theangelmedium.com and go to the Angel Membership tab where you can book a call with my team and they'll answer all of your questions. Friend, I'm so excited to work with you all year long. All right, are you ready to connect with your angels? Only continue listening if you're not driving or operating machinery. I want you to start by getting relaxed and I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and then a deep breath out. Let's do that one more time. Deep breath in and then a deep breath out. I want you to feel a great love and peace surrounding you on all sides and moving through your physical body. With your imagination, I want you to see all of your loved ones in heaven. Oh, it's as if they're right in front of you, smiling at you. 
They reach out and they embrace you with a big group hug. And as they do, you feel an overwhelming, palpable sense of love. Your loved ones step back from this embrace in order to communicate loving, positive messages to you. I want you to see one of your loved ones stepping forward who will communicate these loving messages on behalf of the entire group. And what they want you to know is that today, as you receive these messages, your inner child is standing to the left of you. Your higher self is standing to the right of you. And they're both holding your hand. Your loved one on the other side, who's speaking on behalf of all on your spirit team, they ask you to sit down with them in a place that feels loving and comforting to you, perhaps on a couch or a bench. And now you can see yourself sitting one-on-one just to you and your loved one. Know that everyone else didn't disappear. They're still there. It's just that you can no longer see them so that your energy is highly focused. Your attention is focused just on that one loved one in front of you. This loved one, they take your hand, they look into your eyes and you can just feel that their love for you, it overflows from their being. And they say to you, I am so, so proud of you. Your entire spirit team is so incredibly proud of you. We see that you're tired, exhausted even. And we want to take this time with you to not only replenish, refresh, rejuvenate your energy, but also take away your fears. They say there is so much fear that fills your mind, so much worry, stress that fills your physical body. Too much, they say. Your loved one in heaven says, this fear within you, it's not serving you. In fact, this fear within you is acting as an energetic dam. This fear within you keeps keeps you spinning in a cycle of anxiety, confusion, and self-doubt. And as you're swimming in this anxiety, confusion, and self-doubt, it keeps you from being bold and taking action on the big dreams that God placed within your heart. Big dreams that would lead you to an extraordinary life. Your loved ones say, your fear keeps you small. Your loved one in heaven looks at you and says, when your fears keep you small, your energy small, your space small, there is no room within you for your big dreams, for your soul's purpose. And over time, this fear pushes your big dreams and your purpose to the side, which can cause you 
to feel less like yourself. Your loved one in heaven says, we are proud of you no matter what you do, and we want the best for you. The best possible outcomes and the best possible future, it's right around the corner for you. You've worked so hard and you're almost there. Keep going. Your loved one in heaven says, your job is to make space for your dreams. Your job is to talk back to the fears within your head so your fears cannot push your dreams away. Your job is to daydream more. Imagine more. Research more. And pray to God until you hear what loving, positive step you are to take next in your path. Then your job is to take that leap. I'm going to repeat that last line because that is so important. Your loved ones in heaven say, your job is to take that leap with faith. Your entire spirit team, including all of your loved ones in heaven and all of your angels, they step forward and they ask you to look within your heart at all of the potential that is already within you. As you peer within your heart, it's like Alice in Wonderland, looking down a tunnel only to see a huge world inside of it. Beautiful soul, your potential is infinite unlimited your soul is tapped into God's limitless well of knowledge strength and your spirit team's message to you is this there's nothing you can't do period your spirit team says what matters more is what you want to do perhaps you just want to take a break this next year to reset to spend time with your family. Awesome, do that. Perhaps there's a dream within you that you're ready to take action on and you feel this is your year. Awesome, do that. Perhaps you don't know exactly what you want, in which case your spirit team says, we've got you and we're going to help you figure this out. Friend, your spirit team looks at you and says 2022 is going to be your best year yet, but they need you to believe that's true. And for those of you who are grieving the loss of a loved one, I'm so sorry for the pain you are going through. I need you to know that your loved ones just stopped me, knelt down by you, lifted your chin and whispered, I need you to believe that your greatest years are ahead of you. For me, please believe this is true. For all of you, your guardian angel has the biggest smile on their face. They're showing me images of all the good that is coming to you in 2022, and they're grinning ear to ear with excitement for you. Your guardian angel just whispered in your ear, 
all of the images you're seeing now in this meditation and all the images that flicker into your mind in the coming weeks, they're from me. I'm showing you all of the good that is to come in 2022. You're not making this up within your head. What your guardian angel says is that what they're showing you is the positive, loving future that awaits you. Your guardian angel says, take what I'm showing you and build upon it. Build a bigger daydream off the nuggets of information I'm showing you. Friend, that's part of how co-creation and manifestation work. Our December course teaches you how to deepen your connection with your loved ones in heaven. And our January course teaches you how to manifest, or better yet, co-create the life your soul came here to live. You can sign up for these courses individually or get them right away when you sign up for the Angel Membership Annual Plan. To close out this meditation, please see all of your angels and all of your loved ones in heaven coming in to give you a big, huge hug. As they do, they fill your entire body with an overflowing, radiant love. They say, use this love to fuel you. Know how just very proud of you we are. And be very, very, very excited about all that's to come in 2022. Friends, I love you. They love you. Open up your heart to all of the blessings they're bringing into your life right now.